What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, guys? It's been, it's been a little while. I'm not going to lie, okay? Things have been crazy. Uh, Destin's schedule is crazy. We all know he's a new dad. He's got to take care of that. Rashad's schedule is busy. I, I, I've picked up a new work schedule, and things have been crazy, uh, a lot crazier than the, what they should be. Uh, apologize that we have not been consistent with this. Apologize that we haven't been getting in front of you guys the way that we would want to. We will definitely be better at that on our end, uh, just getting the little things a little bit more consistent. But we thank you guys for stick, sticking in there with us, okay? Once again, welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast, the official Colts podcast of Fans Sided. Now, of course, I'm Michael Tarazzi. Y'all already know that. Uh, we have a guest joining today, okay? Destin Rashad won't be here today. Uh, hopefully, that'll change uh, on, on, the pre, on the reaction show. But coming over from Culture Shock, we got we got Marcus. You know, apparently it was Arn Day at the gym. He's got to show off the guns. If y'all are look, if y'all are on YouTube, man, Marcus, show show what the people are working with. Hey, yo, what's going on, y'all? Uh, Culture Shock here. Got to join my boy today. Uh, I'm filling in substitution off the big six man of the year. Uh, let's talk some Colts, man. Oh, you know, we, we always got to get started. We always got to show uh, not Rashad, man, Marcus. You you drinking something special tonight? Uh, actually, no, I was drinking water, but that was pretty much it. All right. Well, the Blue Stable is presented to you by Sunkissed. Barry Lemon. I'm just kidding. Nah, it's not. We ain't, we ain't sponsored by ain't nothing, man. Come on now. We ain't good enough for that yet. But I will be. This is what I'm going to be drinking on. You know, it's a really good drink. Um, Man, dude, I think my top two drinks are like Dr. Pepper Cream Soda and Sprite. When it comes to soda, really. But water, it's like. Fiji and core for me. So always gotta stick. Oh, all right. Good, good burn, guys. Well, the Colts just got a big win. Okay. The Colts just got a big win. 41 to 15 over the Buffalo Bills. All right. We have to get into that game a little bit. We're also gonna talk about the Buccaneers this Sunday. All right. Also, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I don't even know why I didn't even say that at the beginning of the show. But happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you are having a great 2021 leads into a better 2022, hopefully. So getting into this game, Marcus, man. This was a uh, I mean, dare I say the Colts beat the shit out of the Bills. They 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 really did. Yeah, man, they really did. Uh, and it was unexpected, too, because we thought it was going to be a dogfight. Well, some of us did, uh, really did. Nobody really expected a blowout. If we did expect a blowout, it was going to probably be the Bills blowing out the Colts. But it happened to be the Colts blowing out the Bills, and it was overall a good performance, one of the best performances, probably the best performance all year as a Colts team all around. Um, the thing that shocked me the most was 
them being successful all four quarters because this whole year is either one half or the other. Uh, but, you know, them playing good football all four quarters brought out the expression and the emotion from Coach Frank Wright that you never really see. And it brought out emotions for me too. But I, overall, I enjoyed a game like that. Hopefully they can keep it up. See, now talking about some takeaways, I just want to be on the offense real quick, okay? Um, what a day. Obviously, uh, my boy Michael Pittman had a quiet day, rightfully so. A lot of guys had, had a quiet day. Carson Wentz, eh. But Jonathan Taylor is the story. Coming out of week 11 into week 12, Marcus, man, I think we have an MVP candidate on our hands. We do. All right. I know a lot of people want to sit out there and say, if you didn't give it to Derrick Henry last year, you can't give it to Jonathan Taylor this year. Well, last year, Aaron Rodgers was on a tear to remind the league of who he was. Not only that, was he still setting records as well? He now has a broken toe and he hasn't played up to par so far. No quarterback wants to take this award. Right now, no quarterback has set themselves apart from anyone. So the fact that Jonathan Taylor is now separating himself really from the pack, man, it's Jonathan Taylor and then everyone else. I mean, the closest guy behind him, he stands at 1,122 rushing yards. The next guy behind him is Nick Chubb with 851. That's active. Derrick Henry is still number two with 937. But Nick Chubb, still active, still hasn't even hit the 1,000-yard threshold yet like Jonathan Taylor has. The argument between Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, I tweeted it out earlier. Despite missing three games, Derrick Henry still leads the league in carries. That is insane, Marcus. That is insane. Jonathan Taylor hasn't missed a game. We are 11 games in, and he's at 1,122 yards with 193 carries. Marcus, man, explain, help regular NFL fans, let alone Titans fans, help them understand what the big difference is between Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. The fact is, is that Jonathan Taylor averages more yards per carry, and he can do just about as good as Derrick Henry can do with less snaps. I think that's the biggest picture that people are missing. He's just as good but don't need as many snaps as Derrick Henry. Now, when you play the Titans, that's just the main assignment is stopping Derrick Henry. But when you play the Colts, it's, okay, Jonathan Taylor is probably going to explode here. But you got a Michael Pittman Jr. who's pretty much going to catch the ball whenever you want to. And the fact that Jonathan Taylor is just as good as Derrick Henry, but faster, and he is younger, it just shows you that that he has better durability and he's faster. Like, all these things, the technique he takes, like, his, his running game is just, it's just a beauty to watch, man. You thought he was special when Marlon Mack was healthy before he went down with the injury. You know, he was good at those counter runs. But then when you bring in Jonathan Taylor, who's pretty much was coming in under uh, Marlon Mack, pretty much can do just as good as he can, but he's stronger, just like a Derrick Henry. He's like, he's two, he's like two running backs in one. He's a dual threat. And Derrick Henry isn't that. Jonathan Taylor is that. So he's pretty much going to, he was, in my opinion, personally, I felt like Derrick Henry was going to hit a wall before he got injured. Uh, unfortunately, it was the happened during the game when he played us. But I think Jonathan Taylor was going to pass Derrick Henry going down in the rest of the season. Now, was that saying he's going to win MVP or not? Maybe not. But I think his yards was going to overlap Derrick Henry going down to the end of the season because they used Derrick Henry way too much. And it was just bound to happen. It's unfortunate because Derrick Henry's a good running back. 
But when you use him as a workhorse, as the Titans do, injuries are going to happen. But it is unfortunate, but Jonathan Taylor is definitely taking over. He is younger, and I feel like he can keep this up as long as we get a game manager like Carson Wentz who can throw the football when he has to. But Jonathan Taylor is that dude, man. He is that dude. And look, I think a lot of people, especially the casual fans, man, when they make their list of top running backs in the league, they still put Alvin Kamara ahead of him. I mean, Alvin Kamara is a dominant receiving running back. He does not run the ball. What does he average, like 11 carries a game? That is not 11, 10 carries a game, but averages also 11 catches a game. That is still noteworthy. That is still good for a running back. Alvin Kamara is still a great, great back. But they're asked to do two different things. Alvin Kamara is asked to help out. Jonathan Taylor is asked to carry this team. Those are the differences right there. I When we look at backs, who has had a great, better career two years in, I mean, what? Ezekiel Elliott led the league in rushing yards two straight years, his first and second year. And it, it could be the same thing for the Colts. You have a team that wants to be run dominant with a great offensive line. Two things can be true right there, but with between both of those situations and backs. But the thing that gets me is right now in 2016, would you take that Cowboys offensive line over this current Colts offensive line? Me personally? I think I might, only because you still have Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, who is still a top five offensive lineman in the game. Tyron Smith, when he wasn't dealing with injuries, was the best left tackle unquestioned lineman in the game for five to six years. I think I might go with that. But the fact that this guy is producing the way he is at the pace that he is consistently, durability, all of that stuff given. And don't get me wrong. Ezekiel Elliott is still a good back. He even still had a great first two years. That's why he got the money he ended up getting. Now with Jonathan Taylor, I have a real big thing about paying running backs. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that when, when we get to that point. But Jonathan Taylor is in the MVP conversation because no one is running away with it. No one. And right now, honestly, give it to him. Give it to him. There's no one else that's taking the lead on it. Uh, another takeaway for, from the offense from this past game, <sighs> Eric Fisher continues to be bad, man. He continues to be bad. Look, he went up against Jerry Hughes, rookie Carlos Basham. If y'all listen to the show back in draft season, I was big on Carlos Basham. I love the power, the bull rush. I liked his production. He is now producing in the NFL, and man, did he kick Eric Fisher's ass. He got drove back 10 yards into Carson Wentz on a few plays. Jerry Hughes was whipping him inside. He continues to be a problem. And we'll get into it later on, but that's just one thing I want to highlight real quickly since, this, since we're combining two shows into one. That's another takeaway. But other than, other than that, even given that poor, poor performance by Eric Fisher, I'm still giving this offensive line an A for this game. They still open these lanes. The Buffalo Bills defense deserves a lot of praise, rightfully so, because they have performed the way they, ha they have. But I kind of compare them to last year's Colts. They feasted on some poor, run poor quarterbacks, some poor teams, catching them at the right time. I kind of compare those two. So th that's, in my, that's my estimation. Uh, Marcus, do you have any other takeaways, or do you 
care to carry on with those? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe Buffalo, maybe they show too much too early. Maybe they hit their, their mode too early. You know, you look at this Colts team, they're starting to catch stride at the right time. Maybe maybe the Buffalo Bills hit theirs too early. So maybe they might have hit a wall and teams are starting to figure it out more often. You see in the game against Jacksonville, a team that's pretty much going to be a lottery pick this year, they pretty much exposed the Bills before anyone else. And Jacksonville is always known for their defense. Back a few years ago, they were called Saxonville. But now, you know, they've seen the offseason. I kind of predicted the Jaguars to beat them, and they exposed them. And what did the Colts do? They actually went inside the film room before we played them and took notes and brought that into this game. And that's one thing we was missing the whole season is taking notes from other teams and adjusting it in that game. I could swear to God, I had never seen Matt Averflus run a disguised defense and on the snap switching on the fly like that. I've never seen the defense play that good all season. And that's one thing that you can give him credit. He actually adjusted and played some good football, even though we was banged up. And, of course, Sendejo was out there selling the game, trying to make us lose. Xavier Rose, he was struggling. Even though I've mentioned this, he could have had a pick that game. But Kenny Moore just happened to catch the ball. Maybe Xavier Rose jumped too high, but it is what it is. But the team overall, in general, just had a very good game. Uh, defense in general. For the offensive perspective, I feel like it could have been more balanced. Of course, Jonathan Taylor getting 32 carries and having five touchdowns in general. One was receiving four running. I feel like if the game was a little bit balanced, we probably would have had more points. I feel like Carson Wentz could have aired him out if he wanted to at the end. But it is what it is at the end of the day. Like I said, it could have been more balanced, but I overall enjoyed the performance. Uh, but hey, it is what it is. We didn't get a Michael Pittman Jr. touchdown. Maybe that's why I'm upset, but it is what it is. Hey, 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 don't get me wrong now. I am not in no way downplaying this victory for the Colts. This is easily their best victory this year, easily, okay? Um, I'm not downplaying that whatsoever. That is still a good Buffalo Bills team who will be in the playoffs, in my opinion, because I think right now the AFC, as much parity as there is at this point, I think we all have an idea of who's going to be there by mid-January. When the playoffs start because of this added week, we know who's going to be there. Cleveland's falling off. Pittsburgh's falling off. Uh, for Kansas City, are they coming back? I don't know. Their defense is still trash to me. Um, it, it's going to take some time. But when I look at the defensive side of things, switching it over to the defense, I did like the game plan, okay? And that's not something I say usually on this show. I never give what? I, I, think, I think I tweeted it out on Sunday. Sunday's performance was Matt Eberflus's best game in three years, in three years, that was his best game. I mean, I don't want to hear nothing about the comeback to Cincinnati. You got picked apart by a rookie quarterback. I don't want to hear anything about the Jacksonville game. I don't want to hear none of that. No, this was the best game. I liked the coverages. I liked the stunts. And you know what? I kept looking deeper and deeper into this matchup all week because I'm trying to I'm trying to get in my head, was this a fluke or was there something in this game that was legitimate? Um, I, I will be honest, of course, the heavy rain did help this team out. The Bills are one-dimensional. They don't run the football well. So forcing them to throw the ball, to stay in the game, in the heavy rain, what was a good thing. You clearly saw Josh Allen was off on so many passes. There was drops. There was, I mean, they, they weren't on their best game on Sunday. But my biggest rule in football, I don't give a shit. You go have your best game and you take care and profit off their mistakes. You go do that. So 
two games in San Francisco, in Buffalo, you benefit a little bit from that. But at the end of the day, the coverages was still there. The coverage from these corners was still there. No matter how bad the pass was, they were still on blanket coverage. Uh, another thing, you know, I will give Matt his praise. He may, he had a good game plan. Some might say he should have had a good game, game plan because they were one-dimensional. I'll even say that. But the fact that he even showed that he can use his head is, is a good sign. If he can get a consistent stretch together, I'll take some of the comments. I've taken, although I'm not going to take them all the way back because the performances were the performances of the past. But if he can rectify that, if he can get us into the playoffs with good defensive play, with a hot Mac Jones, a Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, you got the Raiders fighting. Now we're in business. Uh, defensively, of course, Quiddy Pay starting to get a little bit better, although he did face an older Darrell Williams. He's getting he's getting the job done. DeForest Buckner over here getting held almost every damn play. Um, it, it is what it is. But George Odom, shout out to George Odom, man. He doesn't get enough praise for defense. Zaire Franklin getting his first career interception. Um, of course, the better special teams player. So uh, other than that, uh, from, from the defense, if I'm not forgetting anything, man. Uh, oh, Marcus, you, you got anything else? Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, I agree with you. Shout out to George Odom. He was very adamant about playing safety in the offseason going into this year that nobody really talks about. He even put it on Twitter. Like he put up his career highlights in college and high school and say, I can play the position. I'm better. I'm more of an all pro than what you got me on special teams. And he's proven it, man. When he gets the chance and he's out there on the field, you know, he, you know, he overcooks to you sometimes. But when he's actually playing his spots, he's a good ball hawk, man. He's definitely doing his thing. Uh, Grover Stewart's another person we got to give praise to. He's been having himself a solid season for sure, man. Definitely got to give him praise for that. Isaiah Rogers, hopefully he pops off the screen a little bit more, but you got to put him in the right spot to get those plays. But he's definitely doing a good job as well. Uh, Bobby Okereke led the team in tackles as well that game. Uh, you can give him a little credit too if you want. Definitely. Hey, there's credit to go all around uh, for this defense, especially when you put on a performance like that. I don't even care if there's a tornado, man. If we came out with the dominating win, I don't give a damn. So get, transitioning from that to another big game, man. The defending world champions are coming to town. Tom Brady, the GOAT, whether you like it or not, the GOAT is coming to town. The smartest quarterback to probably ever live. Getting into some sort of a quick look between these teams, I'm just going to compare some stats for you guys real quick, okay? So getting into points per game, the Buccaneers score 31 points a game while Indianapolis scores 29. Offensively, this looks like a pretty good game. I think the over-under is, oh, it went up to 53. It was at 51 earlier today. Went up to 53. Marcus, are you taking the over-under on that? I'm going to take... I'm going to take the under. I'm going to go Ooh. with the under. I'm going yeah. with the over. I'm going with the I'm over. I'm going to spice it up. I'm going to go with the under. I'm going to go with the over, man. I, I, nah, I got to go with the under over on this game. Uh, points allowed per game. We're getting into defense. Tampa Bay allows 22, while Indianapolis allows 23. So both defenses, eh, a little sketchy, little bit sketchy. But total yards offensively, Tampa Bay has the edge in this one. When you're talking 12 games into a season, this is a pretty wide margin. They are at 415 yards per game, while Indianapolis is at 376. 
That that's a wide margin when you're talking 12 games into a season. Now, if it was two, obviously we wouldn't give a damn, but 12 yards in or 12 yards, 12 games in, that that's a pretty significant um significant stat. Now, when we're getting into yards allowed, clearly th- their defense is a little bit better. They're allowing 336 yards a game while we I mean, not surprising, but we are giving up 371 yards a game. Again, that is another large margin when you're talking 12 yard, 12 games in. I don't know why I keep saying yards. 12 games in. So that that's really that. But one interesting thing about this matchup, I want to get into the uh, passing and rush yards allowed, okay? Since the offense is going to really be – Offense is going to be the name of the game in, in this one, I believe. But getting into what these defenses allow, pass yards allowed per game. I mean, Indianapolis and Tampa Bay are, are struggling this season. They are. Uh, Tampa Bay is at 257. Indianapolis is at 260. But here's the interesting one. Rushing yards allowed. Tampa Bay is allowing 78 yards a game. A game. 78 yards, while Indianapolis is allowing 111 yards a game. That's pretty crazy. Another interesting one right here, Tampa Bay is rushing for 91 yards. Still, it's okay. But Indianapolis, of course, is rushing for 147 yards a game. Man, Marcus, what what are your first thing when you hear those stats, man? What, what What is the feeling you're getting for this game? I'm getting the same feeling I had against Buffalo. Buffalo get went in the game. It's number one ranked defense. They they force turnovers. They pretty much can do everything else. They were pretty young. They have a nice core too. When you look at them on paper, if you actually watch the games too before they played us in Jacksonville, but even when they played Jacksonville, their Buffalo defense is really solid. When you look at Tampa Bay and you look at their schedule, you see who they played. It's like, okay, you see the you see the numbers, but. If you go up against a team with a hot running back who's pretty much been having himself a solid game, and then when you look at the offense and you see Carson Wentz and you're wondering what type of Carson Wentz are you going to play? Because you know if the game plan is drawn up and you see all those motions and those jet sweeps and everything and how the offense is clicking, if we get that type of offense, I feel like we can put up some type of points against this defense. We're going to have to try it. We're going to have to test it out. Uh, we're going to have to go into the game. We're going to have to run the football. We're going to have to see how it looks. We're going to have to test those words. We cannot play scared against this team because if anybody knows, if Tom Brady sees any type of weakness, he's going to attack us, and we're going to have to get some type of points on the offensive side. We cannot trust the defense to go out there and try to win this game for us because Tom Brady is one of the best adjusters in the game. So we're going to have to do – what we got to do. We got to, we got to win on both sides, on all three sides, like we did against the bills in order to get this W because it's a big game. Everyone knows that. It's a pretty big game. I'm, I'm honestly surprised. I mean, Indianapolis looks like they're on a hot, hot streak right now. Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Man, can we get one of these A team announcers? We're not going to have Troy Aikman or Joe Buck. We're not going to have, uh, Tony Romo or or Phil Nance. We're not having those guys. I believe uh, Buck and Aikman are going to the Rams and Packers. Uh, Romo and Nance, I believe. I think it's some trash freaking game. I I don't even know, man. Can we get some freaking ratings here? I think we are having their B team um, Fox crew. We are getting their B team um, 
can't even remember the freaking name, man. I mean, uh, Kirk Brandt or something like that. Uh, still a good broadcaster. But, man, th- this does have the makings of a big game. Tom Brady, even without a coach, man, he could just – he could be his own quarterback coach. That's how much experience he has. That's how smart he is. I mean, watching that game against the Giants, I think we all basically watched that game because that's who we're going to be playing. You see that he's able – to just pick you apart. He's not that quarterback that's going to go for the big shot. I think we're going to see the difference between a seasoned Tom Brady and although he's an MVP candidate, still a growing Josh Allen. We're going to see the difference between that because Josh in this last game, I don't think took what the defense gave him. I mean, he had options underneath. He just kept going for those 20-yard passes, those 30-yard passes, 15-yard passes. Dump it down to the five-yard, see what your guy can get. He didn't do any of that in that game. With Tom, man, he could the, – the longest pass he can throw on Sunday is seven yards. He'll take it. He'll take it because if you're averaging six yards a play, that means you're rarely facing third down and you're moving down the field. That's the type of – quarterback Tom Brady is we know this we've been watching him for how is it I'm 23 years old he's been in the league almost longer than I've been alive so that's just freaking crazy to me I think getting into this game man let's get into some matchups uh since since we're getting on and matchups that we like okay I am gonna start us off I'm gonna go with uh our our receivers I'm, I'm gonna go with our receivers I'm not entirely sure what the uh, availability of Carlton Davis is going to be, but I think a corner like him going up against a wide receiver like Michael Pittman, honestly, it can go either way. Carlton Davis in a Todd Bowles defense, he's going to be asked to be aggressive. That's what we've seen from this Tampa Bay Bucks defense. It's a a Todd Bowles defense. You're going to get aggressive. So can T.Y., can Zach Paschal, can Jack Doyle, can Kylan Granson, because Mo Ali Cox went on vacation week five, hasn't been back since. Um, they're still citing out for him. Can one of these guys step up? Can one of these guys help out Michael Pittman? Can T.Y. Hilton help out Michael Pittman? I can't even believe I'm saying that in 2021. Can T.Y. Hilton help out Michael Pittman? Because with Tampa, I think you're going to see a lot of single high safety, whether if it's Antoine Winfield or whichever I think you're going to see that because of the run game. So that's one matchup that I do like. If you're able to get these guys going, if Michael Pittman can have a day, I like the matchup and the Colts' chances of winning this game. Yeah, I agree. The wide receiver matchup should be interesting to watch. But I think one of the most reliable targets that could be for the Colts moving the chains is the tight end room. You know Carson Wentz loves the tight ends, the tight ends. But when you look at the injury report, some of them, they're missing some key linebackers. So – we're going to have to test them tight ends. We're going to have to give them the football. Jack Doyle has been very reliable week by week. Uh, Mo Ali Cox, we don't know if he's going to show up, on, show up on that, so we're going to go with Jack Doyle, right? So even Kyler Branson, we got to get the tight ends involved this game. Uh, of course, they're going to send some heat, and we I'm pretty sure they know Todd Bowles knows that Eric Fisher is going to be a weak link in the pass game. So he's going to have to send some heat, so that means we're going to have to hit the reliable target. So. Of course, the wide receiver should be uh, – Michael Freeman Jr. should be a key role, but I think he's only going to get targeted on those big plays to try to get the flag thrown uh, because we know they're missing some star corners. So he might be involved in those type of scenarios, but I think the tight ends might be a very reliable part for the offense if we don't get Heinz involved. 
Yeah, I don't see it. I I I I, I really don't see it, man. Uh, Jack Doyle probably, but oh man, I, I'm really just saving my Moali Cox comments for the offseason, man. I I really am. When it comes to the tight ends, man, I keep talking about. You know, I like a prospect from Coastal Carolina, Isaiah Likely. I talk about Zach Ertz. Oh, my gosh. We, we, we can re-sign Moali Cox. To do what? Miss time jumps? Drop passes? I mean, bro, what did he have? Three touchdowns in five games? Haven't had another one since. Since week five. So, dude, he's at, like, what, 211 receiving yards? Like, I, I even came into this year giving him a break. Okay, he's been here five years. He's got to know something. Throw a jump ball to him on Sunday, and he missed time to jump. Gives up on the route. Uh, man, experimental season. Everyone's an experiment right now. <laughs> He's been on this team for five years, Marcus. Doesn't matter. He didn't have the same quarterback for five years. He's had the same game plan for him. No, no, don't want to hear it. Give him time. If we have the same offense going into give, next season, give sure. him time. Give, Give the team time. time. It's a whole new game. It's a new quarterback. He's it's not adjusted to Carson Wentz yet. What do you mean he's not adjusted to? So so what about Jack Doyle? What about Michael Pittman? What, what about those guys? Pro bowler. They, they seem to be Jack adjusted Doyle's pretty a pro well. Bowler. Jack Doyle is a pro bowler. A pro, a pro bowler? <laughs> and I can yep. run faster than Jack Doyle. What are you talking about? That's the argument, and I'm sticking with it. Okay, all right. You're going to die on that hill. I'll let you go yep. ahead and do that. Uh, <laughs> but good conversation, guys. Fun conversations all <laughs> over the place. Getting into some matchups that we don't like. Um, man, you know what, Marcus? I, I think I know where you're going to go. I'm actually going to let you take this one. I want you to go first on this one. Maybe it might make make my head think. But hopefully you don't steal mine, But or I might just elaborate on yours. Whoever Xavier Rhodes is guarding, I don't like that matchup because we know Tom Brady is going to target Xavier Rhodes the whole game. I feel like he's going to be – I think he might be one of the most targeted after ever from the Ravens. Whoever that guy is from the Ravens that's the, uh, the highest targeted corner, I feel like Xavier Rhodes is up there because he's having himself a bad season. And if we're sending pressure to Brady and he throws one of those quick passes, he's probably much going to dink and duck us the whole game. I'm pretty sure Xavier Rhodes is going to get targeted all day. I do not like that matchup at all. We do not adjust to put Isaiah Rodgers on a very targeted receiver. So Xavier Rhodes is probably going to be cooked food this game and is probably going to get the Buccaneers to stay in this game to keep it close because I don't like that matchup. Whoever he's guarding, I don't like it. It could be Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller might have himself a, a, a huge oh, game if he was playing. Damn. So, yeah, I don't, I, don't like, I don't like the matchup for Xavier Rhodes, whoever he's guarding. Xavier Rhodes needs to retire if he can't handle Scotty Miller. Damn, um, I'm just he can he can have one of those games if Scotty Miller was if it, a Scotty Miller like player. That's what I mean. Well, where we are right now, I mean today, Antonio Brown and Mike Evans did not practice today. Antonio Brown has missed the last couple of games. Mike uh, Evans has been dealing. What is it right here? He's been dealing with a back injury. Antonio Brown with an ankle injury. Um, so that's something to monitor there. Just getting into the quick injury report. Vita Vea, I'm actually hoping he plays this game because I just want to see best on best, man. I want to see their front against our front. I want to see it. That's what – if you're going to get to the Super Bowl, if you want to get to the playoffs, you're going to be facing against teams hey, like look, this. I hear you. But right now it's by any means necessary if we can get a dub because we got to get at least to the wild card. The, right. the Buccaneers, they made the Super Bowl. They didn't play the top teams all year. So, I mean, hey. What do you mean they didn't play the top teams all year? They beat them. 
The soup no, the Super Bowl run they lost to the Saints twice and they beat oh, them in the playoffs. But then they beat them in the playoffs. What you mean? Yeah, I mean, but they weren't the best team. Drew Brees stunk the whole year. They just got out, they just got outperformed. Most of the teams they lost to last year weren't good. So I mean they just got to play who's on the schedule. No matter who's on the injury report. I don't know. I think you played three pretty good teams in the playoffs and beat all of them. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but um, <laughs> with uh, okay, so we're, we're looking at that situation. Uh, we don't know what receivers they're gonna have yet. Who's gonna be available? But that is interesting. I think I, I don't even know why. Look. Xavier Rhodes is a former All-Pro. He's a multiple-time Pro Bowler. I understand if you – he still has that starting job just by title, by respect, by reputation. But you know what? There came a time in uh, Tom Ali's life where he became backup. There came a time where Justin Houston became backup, doing some backup stuff in Baltimore, just, just some. I, th- I know he started uh, quite a few games, but – there comes a time where some guys can become backups, especially when you're getting beat all to hell. So I, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't hold Matt Eberflus to high standards because I, I just don't think there's much standards with him. I just wouldn't be surprised if this move doesn't get done. Isaiah Rogers starting over Xavier Rhodes. I don't expect him to make that. Um, that would be the smart thing, but history tells us Matty Berfus doesn't do the smart thing. So I, I, I'm with you there. Uh, if Antonio Brown and Mike Evans do go, oh boy, it's another matchup I want to see, man. I want to see best on best. I want to face the top teams. But a matchup that I'm going to go with is the Bucks pass rush against our pass protection. I did single out Eric Fisher, but also – our offensive line did struggle a little bit. Carson Wentz did not have enough time in the pouring rain to throw the ball. Guys were getting beat. Braden Smith was getting beat. Glow was getting beat up the middle. Chris Reed was getting beat when he was in for Quentin Nelson. Ryan Kelly was getting uh, beat. No disrespect to Harrison Phillips and Ed Oliver. Those two guys are good at football. But they're not in Dominican Sue and Vita Vea. They're not. Those two guys manning the middle are thick, strong, stout. They're almost kind of like a Grover Stewart. They don't get moved. Vita Vea right now is maybe looking on pace to be able to play. So that matchup inside is going to be big. But on the pass rush, the outside, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon, Todd Bowles, man. This is going to be about Frank Reich versus Todd Bowles this is going to be where I am going to just I'm going to be standing up every time we have the ball because it is going to be a chess match Todd Bowles is going to stack the stack the box not only to stop the run but to attack Carson Wentz I think right now what we've seen teams are starting to blitz a lot more because they're trying to test can Carson Wentz stay in there and that's that's sort of what I've that what I was asking in the offseason Does Carson Wentz have that mental toughness to deliver a throw knowing he has someone coming right into his face, right there, right up the middle? Does he have that toughness, that stability to make that throw knowing he's about to get hit? Not, oh, can I evade this hit? No. Knowing I'm about to get hit, can I deliver this ball? 
I was asking that question in the offseason. He's answered some of that here, but lately teams are starting to blitz a lot more. Todd Bowles does nothing but blitz. That's everything that he does. So Devin White, can he go? We don't know. Levante David, can he go? We don't know. But I guarantee you, no matter who is at linebacker, Todd Bowles is sending a blitz. He is sending a blitz. Frank Reich, what is your adjustment going to be? Are they going to be in cover one, cover three? You don't know. I I highly doubt we're going to see. If I had to put an over-under on how many cover two plays we're going to see from Todd Bowles, I would say under 10. That's how confident I am. So Frank Reich, it's going to be about game planning. Todd Bowles' game plan versus Frank Reich's game plan. Who's going to execute it? What's the over-under of going to be us throwing screen plays? Because we know they're going to send some blitzes. Yeah. What's the over-under on that? I say eight. I'll say <laughs> I'll say over eight because I think not only is all is all the attention going to be on Jonathan Taylor, this is also a perfect week for Frank Reich to remind teams, hey, I still got Naheem Hines. I still got this dude. He doesn't just run the ball. I expect screens to go to him. Honestly, especially if it's a check down, especially if it's even a check out of a run play or a deep pass play, pass content, whatever the case you want to, whatever you want to do. I think it's a good week to remind remind the league, hey, Naheem Hines is here as well. It's not just Jonathan Taylor. It's not just a one-man band. We got two guys that can carry the rock. Not only that, we have a speedster who can catch the ball very well. But the pass protection is something I don't like. It's something I don't like. Braden Smith, he can hold his own. But, man, Todd Bowles would be an idiot not to line up Joe Tryon, Shaq Barrett on that left side every play. Not not even that. Also send a blitz on that side. Eric Fisher's not stopping anyone. He's not. I'm not trying to put him down. I am basically telling you what his performance, his evaluation through 2021 is telling us. He's still working back from an Achilles injury. He won't return to 2020 Eric Fisher form. You don't do that after an Achilles tear in one year. You just don't do it. You don't. So he has not blocked well at all in pass protection. Can these guys step up? Can Frank Reich send some stuff? Hell, Freaking help Molly, have Molly Cox help block since he doesn't want to help catch the ball or move the chains. Do that. Have him chip, have him. Marcus, I'm being serious, man. I'm being serious. I know, I know. Just get him involved in blocking, whatever the case may be. I'm still, that. that's a matchup I I don't like, man. I, I really don't. Is there any other, anything underrated in this game that we're not uh, paying attention to? Mm. Boneheaded penalties. Ooh. The, the Colts cannot have boneheaded penalties this game. And Lord knows, Jonathan Taylor could have had way better games, but boneheaded penalties cost his runs so many times in these games in this season. So boneheaded penalties will be another thing the Colts cannot get involved in this game. I don't think it's more so of boneheaded penalties. I think it's just no boneheaded refs. Because most uh, of these flags... We're going to have those. Yeah, we're going to have those. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> uh, I, I really don't know. I think... Well, the Colts are one of the least penalized teams in the league. We mm-hmm. played against the Buffalo Bills, who is one of the most penalized teams in the league. And boy, did we see that. Um, <laughs> but the Colts... 
I do got to admit, I mean, everybody always wants to talk about, well, Frank Reich can't coach this. He can't coach that. But the fact that this team is one of the least penalized teams in the league says something about Frank Reich. Discipline. Keep your composure. The things he preaches that we see him preach in the locker room, that we see him preach, you know, those behind the scene clips of training camp that we get to see. That's what he teaches. So we got to give some some credit here. We, we definitely have to. Uh, and, and I'm with you on that. Boneheaded penalties, big game. Have your composure, man. This isn't a this isn't new. Everyone on this team has been in big games. The rookies last year, they were in the playoffs. They were in big games. The Browns, the Packers, the Bills. This year, 49ers, Sunday night football. Ray, Ravens, as badly as you screw that game up, you were in, you were in primetime. You know what it's like to have the entire weight of the world on your shoulders. You know what it's like. They got to step up. Getting into keys to victory here, guys, on the Blue Staple podcast. Um, uh, Marcus, I I want you to start us off, man. What's your first key to victory? A balanced offense. We know they're going to put all their eyes in on Jonathan Taylor. But if your offense is balanced enough, maybe he could have a big run this game. You just have to make it sure. You just got to make sure it's balanced. Now, of course, it worked against the Bills, but this is Tom Brady and Todd Bowles. I don't know if it's going to work like that. 32 carries, four touchdowns, don't see that happening. So you got to have a balanced offense, in my opinion. I think I'm going to go defense. We had a good game, but rain's not going to be falling in Lucas Oil Stadium. It is going to be bone dry, and it's going to be perfect conditions for this type of football game. Oh, man. Um, Tom Brady just picks defenses apart, man. He does. He does. These weapons he has on the outside, Rob Gronkowski is back. Uh, We know how we get picked apart by tight ends, and we know how badly we've gotten picked apart by that combo, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. We know that. I don't see us stopping the Bucs in the pass game. I just don't. I do think we did play a great game against Buffalo. But, man, there's not going to be an inclement inclement weather. It's not going to be 50 degrees. It's not going to be pouring rain. It's going to be a good 65, 70 degrees, bone dry. So I my key to victory, defensive line, I'm really depending on this group. Defensive line, disrupt Tom Brady. Disrupt Tom Brady. This is how you can beat him. It's different in the playoffs. That's what Washington was able to do in the first round, but that's the playoffs. Tom Brady kicks it up a notch. That's how he's kind of survived this long in the season. He doesn't take too much risk in the regular season. In the playoffs, he puts it all on the line. So, you got to disrupt them. You got to get hands on them, man. Even in this type of game, man, in, in this type of game, if I'm a defensive line coach, I'm getting with Frank Reich, man. Like, what, what is my message? What can my message be? My, my message, I want it to be, get physical. Let Tom Brady know you're here. You know, even if it's even if it costs a rough in the pass or penalty, even if it's on the first drive, just, just let us do it. Let us get in there. We're not, we're not going to be dirty. We're not going to hit them low or anything. We're going to hit them and let them know that we're here. We're going to be coming after you all game. We have to. That has to be the mindset 
to be aggressive. I don't know if we have the right defensive coordinator to tell our guys be aggressive in this game. I don't know if we have if we do, but he had one good game out of three three years. One great game out of three years. I can't even believe that I'm saying this, but I'm gonna give Matt Eberflus the benefit of the doubt because only because of this. The Buccaneers lead the league in passing yards a game. They don't run the ball that much. I mean, if you're paying all that damn money to three wide receivers, you better be throwing the damn ball. You better be. So Giovanni Bernard, Leonard Fournette account for those guys, but they're not going to be running the ball that much. So if you're going to bring the same game plan against a one-dimensional offense who can still occasionally get the running backs involved better than Buffalo, you better have a better game plan because the rain helped Josh Allen not expose those little holes that you allowed in the defense. That's what it is. Mark is what's your next key to victory. I mean, just to piggyback off of what you just said, a crazy fact that no one probably really remembers. The last time we seen Giovanni Bernard, he kind of torched us. Uh, that That's what, to my knowledge, what I remember. Uh, I think he was on the Bengals, but I mean, Bernard did cook us. Uh, so if they, if they think we can probably play, I think they might plug the run game in, but a key to victory definitely is D line play. I feel like we just have to match Todd Bowles' energy because if we don't match his energy on defense, we're going to get shut out. Um, and a, another thing is who's going to match up with Gronk. I do not want Darius Lennon on Gronk. I really don't because we've seen uh, the guy from the Jets, the, the sideline catches, even though Darius Lennon was there, he was just catching everything. So a key to victory is trying to, to contain Gronk. Of course, we can get a punch-out fumble, maybe God bless if that happens, but we're going to have to match up very well against Gronk. Uh, that's, that's another key to victory is trying to contain him because he might be a very high-targeted uh, target for uh, Tom Brady this week. Honestly, man, I wouldn't even ask. If I'm Matt Eberflus, I'm deploying a, a straight nickel. Straight nickel. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but as physical as Rob Gronkowski is, you know who I'd put on him? Anymore? No, no, no. He would get obliterated. No, I'm putting Andrew Adrian Sandejo on him. Sandejo? Oh. I, I would put Sandejo because he is a physical linebacker. Are you getting ready for flags? He, he can he can bang he can bang with Rob Gronkowski. I I truly believe that he's not gonna play in space. But considering Rob isn't that fast, like an OJ Howard behind him, get Andrew Sandejo out there. Get physical, match up, make it hard, make it hard, blanket him. That honestly, I would approach him with that. I would. And I'm not, I know people are going to come out. Oh, he sucked. He's done this. That's because he's being asked to do something he wasn't known for in Minnesota. He wasn't known for playing in space. He wasn't known for playing single high safety. That belonged to Harrison Smith. He, Sandejo, played up in the box, played up against tight ends. That's what he did. So I would ask him to do that and even have Darius Leonard or Bobby Okariki underneath, not the primary cover guy, not the primary play underneath. Honestly, I would do that. I would do that. If I'm at Eberflutes, I would get with, uh, uh, dang it. What's our safety coach's name? I'm forgetting it. Uh, Damn it. Well, I'll look it up later, but I would get with this and I would, I would challenge him. 
He's a pro. He's a vet. He's been in big games. He's had big matchups. This ain't nothing new to him. Why not? Fair enough. Fair enough. You make a good point. All right. All right. Well, two other people on the show don't think I do. But anyways, so uh, I think other than that, man, I think it's time to focus on eating some ham because turkey is trash. Uh, Find something to do with your Thursday because there is just a piss poor slate of games to watch on Thanksgiving. But, you know, my family, they're they're Cowboys fans. So I literally have to watch this game uh, between two pathetic franchises, Dallas and Las Vegas. Uh, We need Dallas to win, though. Yeah, Dallas. uh, I know you suck in everything, but can you beat the Raiders? Can you do that, please? (laughs) You scored nine points on the Chiefs defense. Really? You couldn't even get to a 12. You couldn't even get single digits. You flew all the way to Kansas City just to kick three field goals. Come on, man. Come on. I know you're not going anywhere, but can you take care of the Raiders, please? Marcus, man, big game in Sunday, Lucas Oil Stadium, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock Eastern time. What's your prediction, man? Mm, I kind of – I don't know if I want to stick with my – I stick with my prediction I had on my show. I say 24-16 Colts. Let's hold, let's hold the Buccaneers to a few field goals. If, that, if we can get that, that would be great. But we need the Tom Brady that showed up against Washington, the one that was throwing all those interceptions. He could have had more. But if we can get that Tom Brady that we played at, that played at Washington, we'll have a good game. <laughs> you just predicted the Bucks to score only 16 points on this defense? I can, I can see that. I can see it. It's possible. All right. Anything's possible. Any given Sunday. Anything is possible. That is true. Uh, if Mike White can have him a career game, I think our defense can have two games in a row. <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you. But do you really think Tom Brady isn't itching to play the Colts? You really think he's not itching to do that? Of course he is. He was itching to play Washington. God, come on, man. <laughs> He ain't getting up for no Taylor Heineke. You he was itching to play the face no twice last year. Taylor Heineke. He's getting up hey. to play the Indianapolis Colts, a team that he has hated his whole career. Hey, I'm going to just go by what you tweeted a few days ago. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, okay. All right. What's yours, man? Let me hear it. 24 to 16. Oh, man. I'm uh, – I'm going to go with the Bucs in this game. I'm okay. going to go with the Buccaneers. Uh, I think too much pass rush, too much disruption. The offensive line has really been stagnant in pass cover and pass protection. They've had some hit or misses games. Eric Fisherman is just a huge liability. He's a huge liability. Um, defensively, Jesus, man, just keep them out, keep, keep them out of the end zone. Tom Brady, I think, what is leading the league in touchdown passes? Just for God's sakes, leave, keep them out of the end zone. Uh, I am pulling for them. Don't get me wrong. I can't see Indianapolis winning this game, but I can't see the Colts defense holding them under 20 points. I, I can't see it. I can't see it. If they do, man, Matt Eberflus is getting a fucking head coaching job this offseason. If that's the case. I mean, Jesus, if that if well, he holds well, them to under 20 points, the door, you will want this to happen. I'm just saying. I, I am, but 
I just don't see it, man. I don't see it. I think Tom Brady is too smart uh, going up against this little bit more of a simpler scheme uh, on the defensive side, the weapons that he has, the pass protection that he has. Offense, they're really going to have to keep this game competitive. Defense is going to have to force some turnovers. But I am going to go with the Bucs. I'm going to go with the Bucs, honestly, uh, 38 to 34. I think I think the Colts offense does uh, match blow for blow with Tampa Bay. But maybe, maybe the defense just can't get a stop all game. Uh, maybe Todd Bowles' defense can force a turnover. Who knows? Uh, it is incredibly close. I, I couldn't bring myself to go to a double-digit double score game. I couldn't. I think it's just too close right now. The Colts are in a rhythm. Oh, man. Damn it, man. You know what? I'm changing my pick, man. I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to go with the yeah. Colts. I literally – Just think about that Bills game. I just, just think, think about it. I've been thinking about it all week, dude. Usually I have an extra day, but we're not trying to record on Thanksgiving. We're trying to get fat and drink and eat. That's what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the Colts, man. You know what? The Buccaneers find them. You know, I'm going to change my whole thing. Buccaneers find them in the in the grass. They're stuck in the mud. Colts are on a, on a hot roll. Uh, but I am serious about that. This Colts team is fired up right now. Yeah. They are motivated. They're fired up. We saw it. Uh, Frank Reich. People are looking stupid for those that said he should. <laughs> uh, I just want to say that I, I can't go a show without mentioning all you haters. Frank Reich this, Frank Reich that. Oh, well, I didn't hear none of that on Sunday. Didn't hear none of it. So I'm actually going to flip it. The Colts, 38. The Buccaneers, 34. I, I can't choose either team double digit. Of course, in Buffalo, I, I could probably say I couldn't do that either. Hey, maybe, maybe one of these teams get blows out. The team that does the blowing out is in blue. So, guys, Marcus has the Colts 24-16. I ended up changing my pick literally right in the middle of making it. I'm going with the Colts 38-34. to So, Colts stand currently at number nine, two spots outside of the seventh seed in the playoffs, still with six current games to go. Let's hope that the Colts can – Really, I mean, in those throwback unis, too, on the day that Robert Mathis is going to get inducted into the Ring of Honor. Reggie Wayne, Robert Mathis were named semifinalists for the 2022 Hall of Fame. Let's get him there, man. Let's get him there. Let's put on a show for Robert Mathis. Uh, hopefully that's the passing of the crown because really haven't had much of a pass rusher ever since he left. Let's give have him hand that crown to Quiddy Pay. Let's have it. Let's have it. So, guys. Once again, big game field this Sunday. It is going to be lit. It is going to be standing room only when the Colts have the ball. And we're going to be booing Tom Brady the holy hell out of Indianapolis. We are going to be doing that. And if you don't, take that damn jersey off and go be a Lions fan, okay? So, once again, happy Thanksgiving. Have a safe, responsibly drinking Thanksgiving, okay? Because all you Cowboy fans, I know you're going to start drinking. So, Trick responsibly. Stay safe. He is Marcus from Culture Shot. I am Michael with the Blue Stable. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Thank you for tuning in for this show, guys. We will be back, hopefully, talking about how Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman lit the show up and got the Colts a win on Sunday against the defending world champs, guys. We'll see you then. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.